What if there was a way to hack your brain? To figure out why you're not taking the action you know you need to, and why the action you are taking isn't working? Well, there is. And this podcast is designed to show you how to do that, to see your mind, to coach yourself, and ultimately to create the life and business of your wildest dreams without the hustle or the stress. I'm your host, Elizabeth Salazar. Let's dig in. Hello there. Welcome back. Today's episode, I have a special guest for you. And one of the things that's really cool is that when I invited her to be on the podcast, one of the first things she said was, I've been visualizing being invited to be on your podcast. And she's like, and now it's happening. So I think that's so cool for you as the listener. I want you to be thinking, why will Elizabeth invite me onto her podcast someday? What is going to happen? And then you just decide, actually, I I have had a couple of people who did this where I'm like, yeah, come be on my podcast. And they're like, I actually always knew you were going to invite me and I've been preparing for this. (laughs) So that's really cool from my end. So today I'm going to introduce you to Amber and I've brought her on the podcast today because she is a member of the Consistent Business Builder Mastermind that I run. And in the last two months, she has done something so very cool. And I want to share it with all of you so that you know what's possible when you use your mind. And so this amazing thing that Amber has done is that she has gone from having seven clients in her business to having 19 clients in her business in two months. And this is just the number result. There's so much more to this that she has shared along this path. And so in this episode, what we're going to share with you is not just who she was from those two clients to the 19, but we're going to even take it back a little bit to when she started doing this work with me and all of the shifts that have come together so that you get a good picture of what does this change look like. Amber, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. So you are a dating coach for women. How did that happen? Um, actually your question just reminds me of a funny story. I went to the park last week and I met some new people and they found out that I'm a dating coach. And one of the girls was like looking through my podcast and she's like, how do you get this information? (laughs) Like, how do you have access to this? Um, and your question just kind of sounds like that too. So I read my first dating book when I was 16 So I discovered that dating was not quite like in the movies. And so I started reading and doing programs and my interest snowballed from there. And eventually that led me to my career. So now I help women attract men without playing games and without the dating anxiety that usually accompanies dating. Nice. And do you have some, like, are you dating? Like, is this part of your life and thing that you do? Yes. I love all parts of the journey. So I believe that being single and dating can contribute as much to your life as being in a relationship. And dating doesn't have to be the crappy thing that you have to overcome to get to the relationship part. Yeah. And I think the cool thing that I can hear in here that I hear among most coaches is you had a passion for something and you just like threw yourself into it. And it sounds like at some point you were like, oh my gosh, I think people will pay me to be a coach and help them with this. 
Yeah, because I was paying other people to be my coach for it. So I knew that it was a career option for me. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, so let's let's share with them this journey between, and it's not even just seven clients when the mastermind started, but let's take it all the way back. So one of the things you were telling me before we started was that you started doing my daily work at the beginning of 2020. Yes. Was it 2020? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So why don't you share with us a little bit of your experience with my work and how that has helped you to get to where you are? Sure. So actually I wrote down some of the thoughts that I had that I was working through with the daily work process. And I think that they're really insightful into showing where my mindset was at at that time. So some of my thoughts at the time were, I need to fix my marketing and I have no idea how. Whether or not people apply for coaching is up to random chance. My actions have no impact. Nobody likes my emails. I can't attract people. This is a fluke just like the last time. So that was a thought that started coming up when I was seeing success with the daily work. I was like, this can't be real. (laughs) Um, You won't get beyond this point. You're stupid for thinking you could do this. You're not someone who can achieve things. This is easier for other people and you'll never get this. So that's like 10% of the junk that I had to work through when I was doing the daily work. Yeah. And for anybody listening who doesn't know what the daily work is, it has been, I don't know how long into the future this will go, but it's been the opt-in that I give people for free and it takes them through the same stuff I work with my clients on. And to summarize it, it's basically helping your brain focus on a goal taking your mind to the place where you're thinking about it on purpose and then cleaning up the stuff that doesn't serve you. And so what Amber is sharing with us is insight into this is what her mind was telling her about her goal on a daily basis, some level of this, if not more. And so often, Amber, people tell me that they want to just like shove this stuff. They want to avoid it. They want to ignore it. Why was this helpful for you to see? Because before I was doing the daily work, all of those thoughts were floating in my head, but I didn't notice that they were thoughts. Yeah. And so when I would think things like, I need to fix my marketing and I have no idea how, I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm having a thought that's making me feel terrible and retracting from business. I thought that I need to fix my marketing and I have no idea how, or my actions have no impact. Then of course that led me to inaction or feeling really burnt out on the action that I was taking. So you have to look at the thoughts that are in the way because otherwise you just believe them. You think you're just describing the circumstances accurately. And what you just described to me, I would say is when people say like, how does hiring a coach help me go faster? And what you just said is, is like, it's kind of the irony of because you go less slow right? Cause when you were my, my, my stuff has no impact. And then you stop showing up, people don't catch that that's what's happening. Or, you know, I need to figure out marketing and then they feel stuck or they go take a course or they read a book and they like, instead of realizing the fastest path, which is, oh my gosh, this is a thought and I can solve for this thought. Yeah. And also it's important to mention that I was already in business for two years. So it wasn't like I just started in 2020. It was like two years of feeling very frustrated, spending all of my free time trying to make it happen with my actions and um, knowing something was holding me back and feeling like I finally found that with the daily work and with your coaching. 
Yeah. Okay. And so what would you say is different about how you think now? Now, my first instinct when there's a problem is to look at my thoughts. Whereas it used to be, I have to do more or I need to do something better or different or buy another program or learn something new. The first thing I need to check is what I'm thinking about an obstacle. Yeah. And when you solve it from that angle, how do you feel, Amber? Right. I want you to tell them about like the feeling difference between those two even. Yeah. So I think life is still 50, 50 (laughs) as always, but I feel empowered. I feel Mm -hmm. in control of my results. Um, So just a few months ago, one of my thoughts was my actions have no impact, but now I feel like I know how to create an impact. I know how to change the R line, the result line. Yeah. And I think when I think about what I can help women do, and the most powerful thing is, is like, what if we all just felt in control and empowered? Because that makes such a difference. And so when you were coming at your result from the action, how did that feel? So draining, (laughs) exhausting. It was like, a lot of the times I was inspired and I think that's the reason why I could do it for two years is because I really do love my niche and I love what I do. Um, but in terms of feeling frustrated and not being able to change the art line or feeling like it's completely up to chance, that was just really draining and exhausting. Yeah. And what was your breaking point? Like what switched for you between it's got to be action. I've got to do more. I must be missing something. I must need more to, uh, because I don't think it was just when you started with me, but it sounds like there was some breaking point where you were like, I think I better give this whole mindset thing a try. Do you remember that? It was actually the daily work. Really? Um, Okay. Yeah. Because within a few days of doing it, I noticed how different I felt every day. And I also, so the last part of the daily work is what is one action you're inspired to take from this place? And I noticed that when I was just doing one inspired action, it had more impact than a hundred uninspired actions. Mm. And so I was like, oh, like this is really making sense. That one thing I did after the daily work had much more impact on my results than the hundred things I did from a place of it's not working and I'm not good enough. Yeah, that is really cool. So you, you had that point with the mat, with the the daily work. And I think that's, that is, that's cool to hear, right? Cause I think everybody gets to hear too, like, I'm going to feel different. And we don't really understand the value of feeling different until we feel different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, this is way better. Mm-hmm. And so what was your journey then from doing the free daily work to then deciding to join the mastermind? So I was already seeing results I started creating more clients. I started feeling more empowered and it just seemed like the natural next step to join your mastermind and work with you every week and get access to more of your brain (laughs) for (laughs) my work. Um, And I did have some fears, but I overcame all of my own objections before we got on the call for me to join. (laughs) What were some of those objections though? Because I think one of the things that people think sometimes is like, well, I mean, I can just keep using this. I should just figure it out myself. And I don't know what came up for you, but I think it's cool to go there and see like what came up for you that you had to work through. Yeah, I think um, my belief wasn't a hundred 
percent there yet in terms of feeling empowered over my own results. So it mm-hmm. was a lot more there. Um, however, I had a fear that maybe I wouldn't be able to make it happen or it wouldn't get better than this, like those kinds of fears. Like and, your business wouldn't get better? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I d- I'm not sure what I did to overcome it, but I just decided to not believe that <laughs> anymore. Um, and then I also got laid off the day before consult. <laughs> yeah, I remember. And I felt like, so my thoughts about it were, oh, perfect timing. Like I made the decision to join the mastermind um, before we got on that consult. I got laid off. I was like, this is like the universe's timing. Like it's ready. It's time to go. <laughs> yeah. So you, on that day that we started the mastermind, it's been two months now, you had seven clients and right. what you told me on that first call was that you had a strong audience. Cause you have a podcast, you have like, you do a really good job of networking and connecting. And, um, but there were some things that you said you wanted to work on. And one of them was confidence. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I want to share with everybody is that so often we think that the most successful people are the most confident, the most assertive and outspoken. And Amber doesn't necessarily fit that. She's, she's kind of reserved and quiet. And one of the things she asked for on our consult was like, can you give me some extra work to work on confidence? And so I would like for you to just share with them, Amber, how is it that you cannot fit that mold and still be successful? Yeah. So, um, definitely I'm introverted. I have a calm voice. I'm not like the loudest person in a room. I'm not like the center of attention. So I don't fit that mold. And that was a huge thing for me too. And I would look at other successful coaches and think that I have to be that way in order to attract people and to have an impact in coaching. And, um, a big thing was realizing that no matter who you are, you have your pocket of people. And not everybody is attracted to one kind of person. And one thing that I always hear from people who are listening to the podcast is, your voice is so calming, which is like great for people when I'm helping them with dating anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> um, so no matter what your personality type is, whether you're you think you're too loud or you're too quiet or you're too much or you're too little. There are people who like your exact way of communicating and sharing what you have to offer. And even with you, Elizabeth, I feel like you're not (laughs) super loud and like crazy compared to other coaches I know. And I like that, like that resonates with my like calmness. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. I get that compliment a lot where people are like, your voice is just so calming or yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure. And so is that something that you've just naturally been very accepting of yourself as that way? Or is that something you've had to work on? Definitely work on. Um, and another thing is, so in terms of confidence, I think in other areas, I feel very confident. And then mm-hmm. in business, I wasn't feeling very confident and I think um, just through the work that we've been doing and the biggest thing was actually learning from you that I can just decide things like I'm not good or bad. I'm not like enough or not enough. Those are thoughts. So I am a circumstance and then I get to choose what I want to think about myself and my coaching and what I have to offer. 
And what I was doing before was always looking to other people to build up my belief about it. So I really wanted reviews and I really wanted like feedback and I wanted people to validate me. And if I got a good review, I'd feel great. And if I didn't get a review, then I would feel terrible. And so looking to the externals to build my belief versus looking to myself to decide ahead of time what I want to believe about myself and my coaching. And so a big thing that I just decided to believe was that the work that I do with women is life-changing and meaningful and just approach and going from there versus the other way around. Yeah. What other thoughts did you just decide to believe about yourself? Cause I remember when you posted that in the group and you were like, like mind explode. What <laughs> circumstance I can think anything I want about myself. Mm-hmm. What were some of the other things that you started to just decide to think about yourself? That I'm successful. Mm. that's a really good one right the brain Mm -hmm. can find evidence both directions and it's like right and it doesn't matter what level you can always compare yourself to somebody and think you're not successful Mm. and that I'm confident actually yeah so just deciding like that's who I am So here's something I think is really cool is that sometimes I mean there's lots of confidence coaches and I'm not neither here nor there but one of the things that you told me in that very first consult was I want to work on confidence. And I remember my approach to that was just like my thoughts about that were like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. I think you can nail that in, you know, a week or two, right? Like I didn't have any belief that that was going to take a long time or that that was going to be hard. How did my approach to that help you? Cause I think that you worked, I mean, I don't know that you're, there's no way of measuring the confidence, but how has that belief for you helped you? Yeah, actually, that's your approach with everything in general. Like we bring you our like messy mind and your response to everything. Like no matter what it is, I could be bawling my eyes out. It's like, okay, (laughs) you always say that. I'm like, that's perfect. And people are like, what? It's not. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, I'm a failure. And you're like, okay. So you have a thought that you're a failure. (laughs) So, um, just in general, the spaciousness you create around any thoughts that we have and holding space for them. And also realizing that like a big thing that I learned through the worksheets that you've been giving us is that we also have thoughts about thoughts and about our emotions and unconfident thoughts, like I'm not enough and those kinds of things. We can also hold space for them and have thoughts about those thoughts, like, okay, like, it's okay that I'm having this thought and like accepting them first Um, versus thinking like, oh my gosh, it's a huge problem that I don't feel confident. Yeah. Did you think it was going to take you a long time to become confident? Yes. (laughs) I thought it would take a long time to create results. I did not think it would happen this quickly. Yeah. And if you had to say, I don't know, scale of one to 10, how confident are you? I would say in terms of creating my results. Yeah. And creating results in your business, those kinds yeah. of, in that realm. Yeah. I would say I'm at a seven, yeah. which is really good. <laughs> like a zero, literally my actions have no impact was my belief. So now I would say I'm at a seven in terms of like, oh, I am learning this. Like, I feel like I'm going through a process to learn exactly how to create results. Yeah. 
and like I'm getting it versus before it just felt really aimless. Like, I don't know what to learn. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to work on versus now, even if I don't create a result that I intended to, I'm like, I know exactly what to do now. Yes. I think that's like, when we think about creating a consistent result, it can be summarized in that right there. It's, I feel even if it's a seven in confidence to create the result, but it's even more powerfully, like I know exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So even, so I think sometimes people think confidence in creating results means you always get your outcome no matter what. And eventually I think it does mean that. However, in the process, it's also um, knowing exactly where to look when you didn't create that outcome and having that confidence as well. Yeah. Okay. So tell us, I'm sure people are just like, okay, get to the part though, where you had seven (laughs) clients and now you have 19. And I think to, to just start this off, I think people think that when they go from seven to 19, that life is just going to be better. Things are going to be amazing. They're going to feel so happy and their problems are going to be less. So let's just start with, is that true, Amber? (laughs) Actually, So I feel like I want to say yes and no. I know know I'm supposed to say no, but um, in a way there, it feels really good to not have problems that I had for two years. Yeah. So that feels, (laughs) yes. So it feels really good. Like I graduated from my old problems and I was ready to graduate (laughs) from those problems. So in that sense, yes. And then I remember I was posting about a new problem in the group. And one of the things you said was like, welcome to new problems, like good job having new problems. And I actually teared up when I read that. I was like, wait, does that mean I graduated? (laughs) So in a sense, yes, because it feels better to be growing into new challenges. Um, And those new challenges are still really challenging. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's the part where when I think about what I teach is it's, it's that cycle of how do I keep working through problems? How do I keep working through and growing our business? And that's the part that we just keep doing at every level. And that's the part you'll just keep doing. So share with them, what is the difference in problems? Like what were the problems you had before and what kind of problems do you have now? The problems I had before was how do I get consults? How do I get clients? How that's it. Basically that was my obsession. Um, and then now it's more like, how do I handle this new client load? What worked at seven clients that isn't working for me now? Um, how do I say no to certain opportunities that take me away from coaching Um, and dealing with like people pleasing and guilt around that, Um, how to like hold and receive good things Mm -hmm. rather than like immediately brushing it off or like not allowing myself to celebrate or feel good about it. Um, Yeah. And then like, what do I do next? Because now I (laughs) I need to ask, I need to post about it in the group. Now I'm like, now what, what do I do? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of them, like when you're before is how do I create clients and consults? One of the things you just posted in the group is like, I just booked seven consults from one email and now you have different problems, even when it comes to consults. Yeah. Like people don't anticipate that. They're like, no, I'm sure everything will just be easy breezy, but it's Mm -hmm. like each new level, you just find new things you have to work through and figure out. 
Yeah, it was more than that. It was like 10 consults. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. So the question people always want to know is, okay, so you had seven clients and now you have 19 and it's been eight weeks. That seems crazy, right? Most people are mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, how does that happen? So tell us, how did that happen? How did you create that result? So yeah, in terms of the action, I feel like I'm doing less action. So I can tell you the exact action I take every week. I post a podcast, I post an email, and I do my coaching sessions, and I do my daily work, and I go Mm. to the call every Monday. Um, So So those are the actions. Let's stop and say you do four things every week. Yes. You do a podcast, you send an email, you show up to get coached, and you do your own coaching on yourself. Yes. I think people's minds might be breaking right now. Mm-hmm. Right? They just can't even fathom. They're like, yeah, but what can I add to the list? What do I need to do? What else can I do? How do I, like something must be broken. So if we just stop here and say action wise, why do you think that that's enough? I don't know. It, <laughs> it just, um, my, I feel like when you're trying to do more, it's coming from that place of like desperation usually, or at least that was my case. Whenever I was doing a hundred things, it was because I felt like none of those hundred things were enough in and of themselves Mm. versus just deciding that those two things that you're putting out are enough and putting everything into them and treating them like they are enough. Um, I think there's a different approach there versus like desperately trying to do a hundred things and thinking nothing is working. I feel like I can hear the voices of the people listening and they're like, yeah, but how do you know? And what if it doesn't work? And what if I only do those two things for two weeks or three weeks and I still don't create the results? Did you ever have that happen? Yeah. Not every single email would get 10 consults. Some emails don't get any consults, some do. Um, And then you tweak your thoughts, right? So that's coming back to the number one thing that I learned in the mastermind is Every time there's a problem, like, okay, my email didn't create any consults or my podcast didn't have this impact that I wanted it to have. Okay, let me come back to my thoughts and bring that to the email or the podcast next time. Yeah. So give us an example. What would that look like? Because I'm sure that people are going to think like, oh, that can't be enough. And you may have thought those things at once as well. But when you look at like, okay, I sent an email and it didn't create the result that I wanted. How did you mm-hmm. used to think about that versus how do you think about it now? Well, what I used to do was just not email for another year. Yeah. <laughs> I remember actually yeah. you were like, I never send them. You had a whole set of thoughts about emails. Yeah. So I did have that experience where I sent a few emails. I was like, this stuff doesn't work. So I just quit it for like a year. And then when I joined the mastermind, one of the things I was inspired to try again was emails and cleaning up my thoughts around that. And so one thing that I'm hearing in your question in terms of what other people think is like, well, that didn't work. And like carrying it with you. Mm. And like, once you did something, just like cut it off. Like it's done. You Mm. sent it. Don't think about that last email that you sent and the results from that in that way. Like, well, that one didn't work. What if this one doesn't work? you're creating a new email or you're creating a new podcast or a new Instagram post that has nothing to do with the last one. 
I love that visual of cut it off, right? Because we can just see like there's this heaviness hanging from a rope and you're like, I just cut it off. And then that, that thing stays over there as data I can learn from, but I don't have to carry the heaviness of it. Yeah. So in terms of like looking at, oh, that didn't create the impact I want, that really is like a neutral thing. And like learning to see those circumstances, like, okay, that was the impact from that one. But also like, I feel like in business in general, there's just the average of your action too. So not each email needs to be better than the last one or um, exactly the same as the last one. Like just trust that if you're writing and creating from an inspired energy that like it'll average out, like it's okay to have a few crappy emails in there. Yeah. I like that. Like the average of what you do, because that's one of the things I see. And I shared with you guys early on that a consistent business doesn't mean that you create $10,000 every month. A consistent business sometimes looks like 20K one month and 5K another and right one email creating a result you want and one not. And sometimes that's five not and five are and that that averages out to the consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you look at my email didn't create the result that I wanted, what do you look for? When you think about tweaking, what does that look like? So that's the thing. I don't look at the past email. I just think about the next email. And I first do, if I notice that I'm not feeling good when I'm about to sit down and write it like anxious or graspy or something, then I'll first do mindset work. And then when I'm in a different state and I really feel like I have something that I want to share with people, then I'll write that email. Yeah. And then I kind of like over time, I just see in general that the more I do that, the better the results are from the email. And that sounds so simple. Right? Mm-hmm. I think so often we want to complicate that. And you're basically like, how do I feel? Okay. What am I, I'm creating this feeling. Let me check in. Let me find the thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then it sounds like you shift to the place you want to be and then you create content and you just have this overall, like, like it's going to average out. It's going to work. And that's really like, when I look at the long-term belief you have now, it's, it's going to work. Yeah. Versus some people are like, I don't know if it's going to work. It maybe never will work. And mm-hmm. your tilt is like, no, it's going to work. Yeah. Not to be such a perfectionist with it. And like trusting the average more than, because sometimes I still have to write an email from a shitty place. Oh, sorry. Can I say that? (laughs) From a negative place because I don't know, it's due and I don't feel good and I did the work and I just couldn't coach myself out of it. And that's okay. Like just keep going and trust the average of it. Yeah. And what kind of thoughts do you have about the people you serve? That love is available to them and I really like them (laughs) and I love them Um, especially when I look at my whiteboard and I kind of like see the new people coming in and I like look at my folder with all of their names and I just think about them so love for them and that they're I also think dating is a skill anyone can learn So I totally believe in their possibility and ability to learn how to create attraction with men. And do you think it's worth money for them to hire a dating coach and learn how to date and create the relationship they want? Definitely. And over time, my belief has also shifted from like, 
I just like, it's kind of going back to the deciding, like I decide it's valuable and therefore I attract the people who also believe that versus looking to people to pay me first so that I can believe that it's valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And I think these thoughts here are really important because so often we think that like some, our brain just default goes to thinking about ourselves. Like, well, what's my goal and how am I going to hit it? And I need to do it with this email. And it's like, I know that you're thinking about your person and you have beliefs about them and that those beliefs, I love them. This is possible for them. This is worth it. Mm-hmm. Like those types of belief are what build this foundation where every piece of content you create, even if it doesn't create the result you want, speaks to and helps your people. Yeah, I think it's so important just in coaching in general to have somebody who doesn't believe your thoughts. Mm. because sometimes I've been on coaching sessions where the person was like one millimeter away from giving up just because they were believing a crappy thought about themselves or about dating or about their life. And then you work through it and they continue on the path. And I feel like that's a big part of what I've gotten from the mastermind as well, where sometimes you are in that dip, like in your progress or you're having a challenge and the group holds you up. Yeah. I agree. When I think about like what I'm really passionate about is this idea that we aren't our thoughts. And it's like when we can teach ourselves and we can help others separate out, like, yeah, I'm having this thought that I'm a failure and that nobody wants to read my stuff and they don't like it. And it's like, yeah, that's okay. Right. Like it's okay mm-hmm. that you're thinking all that. Cause we have so much unnecessary pain when we believe that stuff and it's such a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And seeing in the group that, Every woman at every level is thinking those things in some shape or form. Like there's always new thoughts to work through. Yes. That is one (laughs) of the things we've been watching in the group as people hit goals and other people are like, no, I'm pretty sure I would feel and think differently if I had your goal. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just that chance to see like, oh, wait a minute. It's like over and over again. Maybe these thoughts are just going to keep being a thing I have to learn. And yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So one of the things you mentioned was your thoughts about failure. And I wanted to touch on this because so often people think that they're failing and they think that they need to not fail. And you talked about how your thoughts about failure have really changed. Share that with us. Yeah. So one thing that really changed is feeling proud of myself even when I'm failing. Mm. So before it was just like pure, like, I don't like you because you're failing in terms of my relationship with myself versus now it's kind of like what Brene Brown talks about um, with being in the ring, Mm -hmm. like valuing myself and loving myself and being so grateful for myself to be willing to try and like willing to fail and willing to get rejected and learn and do hard things that are not like the well-born path. Yeah. And was it hard for you to give yourself permission to be proud of yourself? Actually, I feel like the more that I'm in the ring, the more proud I feel. So it's part of like, also a big thing through this work has been my relationship with myself. Um, So in the, like connecting with my future self and connecting with my past self. So I think about myself a year ago and her having the audacity to believe and to try and to do these things. And then I think about my future self who is like, 
supporting me right now. And so like feeling loved by my future self in the process as well. So a lot of the like pride and proud feeling is coming from visualizing my future self being so grateful to me now for what I'm putting up with <laughs> or what I'm working through. Yeah. I think that's a really cool angle for it. Cause sometimes I hear people who are like, yeah, but I don't deserve to feel proud. I haven't hit my goal or that feels really hard. And I think that's a cool angle where I think to feel proud, we have to realize that proud is an emotion and that we're just finding, even if it's the small things to choose to be proud of. And I love that you're like the past, the future, the present, all of it. Yeah. And another big thing for me in terms of failure was like my relationship with myself not being conditional on success. Mm. So if you imagine like as a parent telling your kid, hey, you didn't get good grades, so I hate you now. <laughs> like It's just so ridiculous when we think about treating other people that way or treating our kids that way. Like, hey, if you're not successful in this, then I don't like you. I don't want to talk to you and like, screw you. And noticing that a lot of the times that's how we're talking to ourselves and treating ourselves when we are going through failures. And one thing that I've been really practicing and developing is more unconditional love for myself. Like, hey, like I love you even if you don't get good grades this month or if you don't get your goal this month. Yes. And that, I mean, I feel like that was my very first work. I didn't even know that that was a work. I definitely, if somebody would have labeled that, like you're going to work on yourself, I'd have been like, no, no thanks. I'd like to work on creating clients and money. Let's do that. Yeah. That was my first work as well, which is when I sum it up, it's accepting myself. It's loving Mm -hmm. myself and changing that. When we talk about relationship, that sounds strange, but it's just our own thoughts inside of our own head. It's us being the like circumstance and us thinking thoughts about ourselves and choosing them on purpose. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very cool. So Amber, is there anything else that you would like to share? Something I haven't asked you, something everybody needs to hear. Yeah, well, I would love to share specific things about the mastermind that were really helpful for me um, and why the mastermind was really awesome because I just know somebody's listening to this and they're like going to be thinking about it when it's coming up and they're scared and they're like, but I'm not successful yet or that kind of thing. So I just want to share some things about the mastermind that were really valuable. Yeah. Um, So one thing in terms of why the group worked and why it was helpful is because you have more like multiple eyes on your brain. So as much as the daily work had a huge impact, it was still just my eyes on my brain and there's only so much you can catch on your own. So there were things that, made a huge impact for me in terms of other women coaching me in the group um, that weren't even from you, but just because we're in a room full of coaches, it was so valuable to me and people were able to catch things that I had no idea were there. And then also the exercises, the workbooks, like those light me on fire. (laughs) Like, um, and I know you attract people who like homework, so you get homework in the group and it's really helpful. And it, it's just taking the coaching to the next level. And I think it's actually making me a much better coach for my own clients as well. What's one of the workbooks that stand out to you? Not, not even the whole work, but maybe it was just one exercise or whatever. Yeah. I think the circumstances one, which Mm. was the first one, 
and learning to see data as data and learning even more deeply the difference between neutral circumstance and thoughts and especially in business. So that was really important. It gave me the courage to like look at my numbers again (laughs) Um, because I was avoiding that initially. And I think that like that caveat of in business is so important because so often the people I see, they're doing this work in one area, but their brain doesn't see any of this work in another area. And it's like, it just opens the door to it in a different way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then also just having the accountability and like the boost of a call each week. It's different than a podcast. It's different than something that you haven't paid for, like showing up to do the work every week makes a huge difference. Being like, there's, it's a small enough group that all of us can get coached, whether in that call or in the group. So it really helped like untangle those knots in the process to help me move forward. And um, lastly, also just seeing other really amazing women in their process and learning from them and being a support where you can, like also commenting and helping out other people and just being in a group because if you're doing it on your own, you just feel alone in your problems sometimes. Yeah. And I I think that that makes me think of one of the people in the group was like, man, I, I haven't created this result. And you just like jumped in and you're like, actually, I was looking at your content and here's like five tweaks that you could consider. Yeah. And, think about. and she was just like blown away. And then and, she got a bunch of consults. <laughs> yeah. And she, she implemented it right away. And I think that's the power. Like sometimes we think like, oh, the coach is going to be the most, their mind is the most valuable, but every person in that group has something valuable to offer. And I think that's a powerful part. Yeah. So thank you so much. (laughs) You're welcome. It's very cool to see it go full circle. So Amber is a dating coach for women. And so Amber, how can people connect with you? Yeah. So two ways, either you can check out my podcast, which is the women's dating and confidence podcast. So I know we were talking about confidence in here, but dating is a whole nother (laughs) arena. And um, there's like 122 episodes or something on there. So that's a really great resource. And then if you want to connect with me personally, you can send me a message on Instagram. And my Instagram name is just my name, Amber Grubenman. Very nice. And I'll put those links in the notes for everybody to click on. Amber, thank you so much for coming and sharing all this with them and helping them to see your journey and see what's possible for themselves. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into today's episode of the Strategic Mindset Podcast. Before you go, take a minute and leave a review and hit that subscribe button. (laughs) These are actually the only two ways that I have to know who's on the other end. And so if you haven't already, do those things. And I'll see you next time. And I'll see you next time.